Okay. Welcome to a very special edition of the XOXO After Dark cast. Today, we are matchmaking two, well, three of our favorite authors, Christina Lauren, who have 14 New York Times bestsellers, and our two women named Christina and Lauren. So you're going to hear two different voices. And then Clinton Kelly, who is just coming out with his paperback edition of uh, I Hate Everyone Except You. And we are connecting over the shared hatred because <laughs> Christina and Lauren have written a book called Dating You, Hating You. And of course, Clinton's, as I mentioned, is called I Hate Everyone Except You. So guys, to kick it off, what is the allure of the emotion hatred? <laughs> I think it's about intensity. Yeah. You know, I think there's something to be said for like really strong feelings because they are so volatile. <laughs> you know, you can go from being super angry to, this is Lauren, by the way. <laughs> to being like, you know, actually, I'm so mad, I just want to shove you against the wall, and you know. So. Yeah, well, you can't have love without hate. You know, I'm, I'm married to a yes. psychologist who would say that <laughs> it's important to embrace or at least acknowledge the hate when you feel it. I mean, yes. the people who say, I don't hate anyone, I, I hate everything's perfect, they're always either lying yeah. or they're just not in touch with themselves. Yeah. Like, it's yes. important to, like, say, there are things in life that I hate, and you're allowed to say that. Not everything has it. to be happy all the time yes also people really like that that's one of the questions Lo and I get the most is um do you guys ever fight oh really yes, yeah. yes. that's weird that people ask you that yeah. oh yeah we, we should just start saying like yeah oh my god like it's, a throw down all the time <laughs> mud wrestling I don't know how you write with another person though that's got to be rough I mean you've been asked that question a million times I'm sure yeah but I mean it every co-author pair has a different approach it's really interesting you'll ask 15 different combinations you'll get a different answer you know we tend to do everything pretty 50 50 but it's really fun we have a good dynamic I'm very neurotic and mm -hmm. like controlling and she's super laid back and like fun so it's a nice balance yeah it takes I think a you're very fun too Thanks. she is it takes just a very specific yeah personality set so I think you had some questions for Clinton. Oh, yeah. yes. You wanted yes. To, did you want to We have a whole lot of questions. We're, I'm going to kick you. it over. You do? All right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so I am a fangirl from way back. And I will say when we got the email that, you know, would you guys be interested in doing this? I You can edit this out if you want. But my <laughs> literal reply in all caps, two people at my publishing house was shut the fuck up. And they wrote back and they were like, ha, 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 low. And I was like, no, seriously. Like, um, so, you know. <laughs> well, I'm flattered. I assume that it was because of what not to wear that you were a fan of that. I actually am a fan of what not to wear. I'm a fan of the two. I'm a fan of you. And oh. well, so when. This, the question is, um, so when I was reading the book, I was talking to my husband about how it's so interesting as another writer to read a book written by somebody that you've loved in one way, and then you read something that they've done, and you see how introspective and genuine and thoughtful you are, and you sort of fall in love in a different way, and I just appreciate how thoughtful you are and how together you are in your thoughts, and I'm sure a lot of that has been a journey as it is for all of us. Yes. <clears throat> but what I'd said is, you know, it just seems like so many high-functioning people are actually hot messes. You know, they're just kind of a mess, and I don't get that sense from you. And he said, you know, that has been the most interesting lesson of my adult life is how messy people are. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I wonder what Clinton's most interesting lesson from his adult life has been. Oh, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I don't think that I'm a mess, actually. I no, really I don't, don't think you are. Yeah, either. no, yeah. Which is, <laughs> I haven't really thought about it, but I'm trying to think of, of the people I know. I know a lot of messy people like, whose lives are a mess, and I really, I, I've done everything in my power to sort of keep my life as sort of 
calm and drama free as possible. Yeah. And I think that I just, you know what? I made a lot of mistakes in my life in my 20s and in my, you know, especially early 30s. And I think that's what you're supposed to do. You yeah. know, like I think you're supposed to royally screw up your 20s. Um, and, but the thing is, you really have to learn from them. Like if you're, if you're repeating the same mistakes over and over again, your life is just going to continue to be a mess and actually spiral exponentially out of control. <laughs> but when you say, all right, I really screwed this up. We'll have to curse in yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go all for right. it. Um, yeah. So if you said to yourself, wow, I really fucked that up, um, uh, that relationship by doing blank, um, then you learn not to do it again. And then your life becomes less and less messy. Um, and I also, um, you know, this is about, I never really wanted to be famous. That's the thing. It's like, I just fell into TV uh, because I, don't, I didn't want to sit at a desk uh, being a magazine right. editor anymore. Like, I was like, please, I just need something else. Um, and I just fell into television. I think that there are people who want the drama and they're they're sort of drawn to these careers where there's a lot of drama and then they get all caught up in it because everybody around you it's like when you're in TV I've seen this happen to people you get a job in TV you have a show that's that's a hit everybody around you now is interested in you because A you're on television and B you're making a lot of money and so then they all want a piece of the pie because they're maybe your hair stylist or your makeup artist your you know your clothing stylist your personal assistant and they all tell you how fabulous you are all the time and then you start to believe how fabulous you are and once once you be start believing your own bullshit you're really fucked because <laughs> because that's when life really gets messy mm -hmm. uh, because you need a group of people around you to constantly tell you like you know what the Keep way you're behaving real. right now not cool mm -hmm. yeah yeah so. Absolutely. Sounds like your biggest lesson then is have detractors. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, at least yeah. honest people. In yeah, your have life. honest people in your life. My friends are, you know, uh, friends that I've known since either elementary school or junior high. My oldest friend, I, my Lisa, I've known since seventh grade. Yeah. We're still best friends. We're like still texting Video every day. Video store. Video <laughs> store. We loved our porn back in the eighties. <laughs> I love her. I was like, I kind of want to meet her. She's, She's great. She's great. just as good as you hope she is. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, from coming from What Not to Wear and to The Chew and then this book, I mean, we just love it so much. And as writers ourselves, we all have our own relationship to writing and what it means to us. Like, yeah. I get itchy if I don't write. Whereas for Christina, it's like a different process. And she'll talk a little bit about that, I'm sure. But, like, I'm just curious, what is your relationship to writing? You are such a wonderful writer. Oh, this book you. is yes. so good. I mean, we read a ton of memoirs. And... You know, they vary in quality and, and engrossing <laughs> quotient, yeah. you know, right. but like you're it's so good. And I just want to know, like, what's your relationship to writing? Uh, it's torture for me. It's okay. torture. It, I, I always have like it a, does not read that way. Really? OK, yeah. well, thank you. I feel like everything in my life I try to make uh, look effortless. And it actually, on the inside, I'm completely like fretting and uh, uh stressing out about it like uh i like to, i like things to seem like they just sort of fell into place the way they did but me meanwhile i really i've put a lot of effort into it so writing from arts right, here's the thing back in the day when i was a writer for a living i used to be able to sit down at my desk and write for three or four hours at a clip and really have no problem with that then when you do television, the energy required to do television is the exact opposite energy of writing. And, you know, writing, it's like, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to be introspective, I'm going to have my thoughts flow from one sentence to the next, this paragraph to the next, I'm going to create a storyline. TV, it's all like, blah, 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 I'm in your face, like a high energy, high energy, and then cut, and then you just sit around, you know, for an hour waiting mm -hmm. for the, them to change the lighting. So... I had a really hard time writing this in my spare time. I would sit down, I would like say, I'm going to write this weekend. It would take me two days to just get into the mindset of writing. And then I would not, not produce enough on that third day. But I love that you wanted to do it enough that you found the time. Yes. I mean, if anyone is busy, it's you. It's yeah. like wonderful that that. I took off last January from mm -hmm. the Chew altogether. I was like, I just need yeah. a month to be by myself. 
and do this. And then after a week of being alone, um, I was able to just calm down and the, the, the sentences started flowing out of me. But, uh, you know, I feel like you either have to do TV or write. It's, it's almost impossible to do both. The next book I write, will, I, will, I will have to be doing writing full time and that's it. You mean the co-authored romance with Christina? Yes. I'm, I'm so down with that. I have no idea. Coming from gallery books. No, no. Can I just, I'll just write the sex scenes if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah. Totally fine. Uh, the gay sex scenes. I, I love that though because we tell people all the time when they when they talk about, you know, I'm so busy and I have this and I have this and we're like, we get it. Everybody's busy but if it's precious to you and it's something you really have to do, you, you have to do it. Yeah. Like you just have to find a way to make it happen so I love that you were like you know what I need to do it I'm gonna be yeah. nobody talked to me this month well isn't life a constant sort of juggling of it your is. priority list yes. that's it it's like you have that priority list in your head and you have to keep moving things up and moving things down because yep. you literally cannot do it all I remember yes. being in my 20s and saying I'm gonna have it all I'm gonna have a career and I'm gonna have a social life and I'm gonna have a relationship and I'm gonna have a great body and oh, yeah. you know what you can't have all four of those no. things anybody who says yeah. you can have all four of those things is so wrong we are high-fiving <laughs> it's true so we were talking once so um we were talking about the fact that like our first series is sort of this series that people sort of recognize us for and um uh, we love that book. That's the one that, like, you know, was option. She's talking for about beautiful, beautiful bastard. bastard that was option for film and stuff. And so when we when we meet readers and things, that's like they almost always have that book. Right. They'll they'll have the others, but they almost always have that book. So, um, is it hard for you sometimes when when you meet people and you're doing all these other things, and the first thing they go to is like what, what not, not to wear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's it's. You know, I, I don't even know what to say about that because, because it's like... Because you're grateful. It's a blessing yeah, it's, it's, yes. Right, I'm grateful. Yeah. Like, thank you. That was a wonderful experience for me. The right. show was canceled four years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't get any residuals from the, the repeats <laughs> that they keep running over and over and over. Um, and so, you know, that's great. Um, but I also feel like, you know, life moves on and, you know, I, I, there are other things that I do as well. But, I'm you know, people are so nice to me. Like, they are so nice well I think a lot of that is who you were on the show I mean mm -hmm. it's hard to let go because one of the things for your personality in particular was that you felt like a friend you felt like when we were watching the show you were so friendly and warm and you made and we'll get back to Fanny's letter I'll try not to cry but like you know <laughs> it, you were so like such a friend there so it's when people see you four years after the show was canceled it is like seeing a friend after four years yeah you know yeah, and so I can totally understand that but at the same time it's like you are doing other interesting things now right, right. and I yeah. get it I yeah. mean it was a it was a wonder what not to wear is a wonderful awful experience it was <laughs> yeah. so hard yeah. it was so hard we shot an hour for every minute that aired on that show oh my oh god so yeah oh, I bet that's true yeah I mean because that it was it was old school reality TV. Reality TV now is pretty much all scripted out, or at least it's bullet pointed mm -hmm. out, and all they do, they set up the shot, they put the people in the room, and they make the show, and it's maybe a day for uh, a half-hour reality mm -hmm. show. Um, what Not to Wear was a solid week. We used the old-school reality show format, almost like documentary-style right. uh, filmmaking. And because of that, it was exhausting. Like, you would, we would just, I mean, the jokes that Stacey and I would be, like, just throwing out there, yeah. knowing that, like, they would use one out of every 60 of them. Right. Um, and all the advice that we gave. You know that when we would talk about the mannequins, right? Yeah, yeah. We would go through those mannequins. <laughs> like, an hour each. We would spend oh an hour on each mannequin. We'd be like, you should wear this jacket because it cuts in here, and then if it doesn't fit there, you can have it tailored this way. And we notice how we put the red here. It picks up the little bit of the red in the bag. We would go through that outfit in minute detail. And then I'd watch the show and it would be like, Ten seconds. wear a blazer. Yeah. <laughs> 
and I, I like, did wear a blazer I today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love a structured jacket. You know? <laughs> well, I have to tell you, so I so I was the oldest of six children. We my dad was in the military. We did not have money. We didn't go school shopping. So clothes have never been a thing for me. So I think as I got older, clothes were just not a they, they just weren't important to me. They weren't yeah. a priority. And then when this sort of happened and suddenly I had to be interested in clothes. Because people are taking pictures. Mm. Because people are taking pictures. It became this thing. And luckily I had Lo to kind of help me, you know, along the way. But so I never watched that show. So for me, my relationship with you, I've seen, you know, I've seen the two a few times. But when I started reading the book, like Lo was so excited to do this. <laughs> and as I was reading the book, I was texting her and I was like, oh, my God, this is number one. So well written. Like he's such an amazing amazing writer and I feel like I love him already he's so nice and I went between the Kindle and the audiobook and you narrate it so well it's so good and it literally it felt I haven't even listened to that I'm scared you should you should it's so good and it felt like you know you were just sitting with me telling me all of these stories and it was it was so great I loved it so much I was like instantly a fan oh, from that thank you so, so much thank yes. you but I, I would actually be curious what advice you have for women who don't naturally think about clothes like when somebody it's not their natural instinct and it's, you know. Yeah. Um, look, we all have to. It's like people who don't think about food. Right. You mm -hmm. know, like you have to start thinking about these things. <laughs> right. Like we all Fuck. need to put clothes on our back. Right. We all need to think about what we're putting in our mouths for to eat. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Among other things. <laughs> Among other things. And so that, it's important. I mean, clothes right. are a tool like uh, to help you get what you want out of life. And I would say it's like, yeah, you might not think about uh, the food that you have on your plate as uh, energy to help you achieve your goals. Mm -hmm. Well, you should. Mm -hmm. um, and you should think about clothes as, a, as tools to help you achieve your goals. That's what clothes are for me. It's never, it was never about fashion, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I didn't really care about the fashion. Um, and I always say that fashion is like the buffet. It's all the stuff that's out there. And style is what you put on your plate. And mm -hmm. style is how you use fashion to your advantage, whether you want to feel sexier, whether you want to get a better job, you know, whether you just want people to see you as a respectable human being, you know, <laughs> clothes are a great way to make that happen. And so I would just say, like, just think about it. Think about everything. That's what right. I do all day is I feel like I think about everything, <laughs> you know, um, and uh, you should be thinking about it because why not? What else is there to think about? Stop paying attention to the Real Housewives and start like paying yeah. attention to yourself. This yeah. is the thing we're so distracted by. Other I know, people. right? On oh your my phone, yeah. You could just look at your phone all day and yeah. never think about what you're doing in the world, or yeah. like what everyone else is doing. I mean, that was one of the parts in the, the, your letter to Fanny that kind of got me a little choked up because, as women who are writing romance primarily for other women, it's really important to us that we give a message of strength mm -hmm. and you know, sort of sexual freedom and like being proud of who you are and what you want and you don't have to want the same thing someone else wants and right. you don't have to be the same kind of strong you can be brassy you can be shy you can still be strong and so the letter to fanny where you were talking a little bit about like the more you spend time worrying about what other people look like wearing whatever mm -hmm. the less you do yourself a service but the part i love the most and i want to hear you talk about a little bit more in person <laughs> is when nobody asked you about those women sort of how they affected you and like the relationships with those women and I would just really love to see like hear a little bit of how that's impacted your outlook since you did the show as people who are like very connected to women we you know yeah um, I when I first took the show I didn't first of all I didn't I never knew it was gonna last 10 years um, I thought maybe we'd do like uh, 10 episodes and it would mm -hmm. get canceled uh, and so I didn't really know what my place on the show was was like am I gonna be like a wisecracking homo was like was that what they that was they want me to be like I don't know um, sassy um, <laughs> and then what I what I realized though is that wasn't working for me um, uh, what was working for me was connecting to these women mm -hmm. and uh, realizing that uh, 
Um, they had a lot of them, not all of them, but many had taken emotional beatings from people in their lives where there were uh, husbands or um, uh, parents, or siblings, boyfriends, friends. even same-sex friends yeah. who just made these women feel unpretty for whatever reason. It's like... Um, Women, are, women could be so hard on each other. And I started to internalize that. Like it really, halfway through season one, I'm going to say a quarter way through season one, I started to ache for these women. I would come home feeling exhausted. I would feel sad. I would like, I wanted to fix them all. Um, and then what I realized was it isn't my job to fix people. It's mm -hmm. my job to give people the tools to help them fix themselves to a certain extent. And so I had to put up like an emotional barrier like a, an energetic barrier was like I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to all of your the, all the sad things because it's not when you start when you get into a dressing room with somebody it's amazing what yeah. comes out it's yeah. not just like this blouse doesn't fit me it's more like it's, it becomes an emotional catharsis yeah. I'd have women breaking down like saying like you know I, I can't wear this color orange because uh, you know, my mother always said I looked ugly and orange I'd be like oh my God. your mama was so wrong about that like let's just tell let's tell it like it is mama said something she shouldn't have said you need to forgive her for that because we all say dumb things and you need to move on but to hear life. it from you must have been such a trusting thing because you have this opinion that matters so much to them so you have that power to give them that confidence you know what I mean and that's really wonderful I yeah know, because know. you used it for good I mean I know you're <laughs> wincing like that's sort of scary but it's a big responsibility I but. know it was I never sort of saw myself as having a power like that you know I don't know it's so it's so weird to think about it you know I just feel like I'm just a regular guy but I think that's why it works <laughs> yeah. but a nice person and I think too you guys in your writing give women the language the tools similar to what you did it's empowering women through language giving yeah. them the way to say I can do this I am entitled to this I can have this space yeah and I can express my desires or my needs yeah clearly the number of women we had running a marathon after they read beautiful player we have a character who's just she's kind of a lab nerd <clears throat> I have a science <laughs> background so I can relate to it and you know, she was sort of out of shape, and the guy that she's interested in is really fit, and she they start running together, and they end up doing, you know, a half marathon uh -huh. together, and there were a lot of readers Aww. who got back into shape and did it, and it was just, like, and still, to this day, yeah. people tell yeah. us, you know, they send us pictures when they finished. That's and, awesome. Aww. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is awesome. It's some, there's something about putting uh, something out there in the world and ha letting other people sort of internalize it for mm -hmm. a little while and then l watching them do something with yeah. it that is mm -hmm. really magical and I wish that everybody had that experience to, to yep. feel what that's like you know mm -hmm. to, to affect somebody's life personally um, that's that's pretty cool we actually we have a copy of our September novel for you it's called autobiography <laughs> and um, <clears throat> this is a story that we really really love and it is um, the story of a boy named Tanner Scott who is out as bi to his parents when he was in Palo Alto and uh -huh. he moves to Provo Utah and kind of goes closeted um, at his family's request because they're worried about him and he ends up falling in love with the son of the local Mormon bishop and um, it's just it's a it's been a really fun story for us to bite right it's been really wonderful but sort of like what you're saying it's more for us about like a teen reading that and saying, you know, this book really like made me feel better about where I'm at or, mm -hmm. you know, being I'm able not to, alone. Like, I'm not alone finding resources and that kind of thing. And so it is. It's like books can be so powerful. You yeah. Know? yeah. So what kind of re research did you do for that? <laughs> well, I live in Utah. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, I've lived there most of my life. I'm not Mormon, but um, 
I have family members who are Mormon and I'm clearly surrounded by them. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Lowe came out as bi in college, so we kind of have that. Okay. Um, but we have a, we were connected with um, this amazing um, man named Maddie, who we who uh, came out. He was a, B well, so he's, he grew up LDS in Spokane. He did his mission in London and he came out um, when he was at BYU. Yes. Actually, I think just before he went to college, but. Did you guys read that Modern <coughs> Love about the Yes, we did. Oh that my was, gosh. I it was buckets. like it was like oh, straight really? out of the book. It was amazing. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was New York Times. Yeah, it yeah. was a Modern Love column mm -hmm. about a young uh missionary. 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 Yep. And he go he goes uh, he has kind of a fight with his partner, his his brother, I guess. They're partnered yeah. to go on the mission. I only know his it from Book of Mormon. Companion. Yes. Mission <laughs> companion. So my frame of reference is off. But he, they have this conflict, and they end up becoming great buds, but he's hiding this part of himself, which is that he's gay. And he comes out to the friend several years later, and the friend says, me too. And oh, it's just like, really? It was so Sorry wonderful. to ruin it, but you should definitely look it up. It's worth it's your time. It's just really <laughs> sweetly done. Yeah. yeah. That was really good. So we and spent hopeful. A bunch, we, yes. We spent a lot of time in Provo. We, like, learned the area, and we just, there's a ton of research. I mean, there's so many books that have been written by memoirs and, yeah, yeah. you uh -huh. know, church books, uh -huh. you know, about the church. Right. Um, so, but it's, it's been really good. So let's wrap up our roundtable with our true confessions questions, which we just revised a couple months ago. Um, and by revised, I mean, I think ripped out of a back of a town and country magazine. <laughs> so I did not write these. Uh, but I figured we could just go around the table and everybody could say their quick answers. Um, the first question is, how do you prepare yourself to be creative? Oh God, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's it's so uh, it's I, I don't have a quick answer no. for that. It's like coffee and, <laughs> and coffee and like a little nibble of food and then sit my ass down at the kitchen table. That's what you write at the kitchen table. Yeah. I love it. Um, I read a lot. I think reading helps me really get in the zone because I'll read something that just sparks and then I'm mm. off, you know. Um, I have to just write wherever I can, um, like whenever, because I'm sort of a flailer as a writer. <laughs> um, Lowe's really fast and a total natural, and I am like squeezing blood from a stone. <laughs> so I've learned to do it everywhere, and my best thing has been to doodle on my iPad Pro, and there's a program that takes your words and puts it into text. Hmm. And yes. if I can get a kickstart doing that, then I have that to start with when I actually sit down to write. And wow. that's really okay. helped me. That's amazing. Do you write longhand? I do. Okay. Yeah. Then you would love that. this because you can just write with the Apple Pencil. It recognizes your handwriting? Yes. Yes. And I'm left-handed and it like didn't it didn't need to be trained or anything. And I look like I'm writing a ransom note and it still, <laughs> still can no. tell. Yeah. I should show you I have my, my iPad like here. I'll show you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. This that's awesome. Authors okay. connect. I know. Because I hate writing. I hate I hate, what I can't stand is to write something out longhand and then sit down and type it. Type but it. the great thing is that adds that acts as my first edit. Yeah. So it's like well, just going true. from longhand to typing it. I don't type it in verbatim. So it's sort of like as I'm typing it in, I'm cleaning it up. So that's my first pass. I actually remember my mom sitting at a typewriter and typing my dad's dissertation that he'd written longhand on this like legal paper. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. There's actually an incredible, I think, Twitter stream that's all dedicated to the women who typed up mm -hmm. the professional work of yes. men in professorships mm -hmm. and authors and things like that. And it, I fell down a Twitter hole one time, but it's incredible <laughs> man hours that went into yeah. just typing out longhand right. as domestic work. Wow. Right. Just incredible. Um, how do you guys take your coffee? One Splenda and half and half. I drink tea. Oh. <laughs> just milk, just whole milk. Just whole milk. Mm. Um, and what is your go-to snack? 
jalapeno chips. Mm, <laughs> that sounds so good. I love them so much. I used to be in this thing where I would have to munch on something while I was writing, yeah. which is a terrible, terrible habit, and it would be Sour Patch Kids. <gasps> oh, they're so good. <laughs> terrible habit. Never tie anything into like that into your creativity because yeah. you can't do it without That's, it. That is bad. Um, I'm kind of obsessed with these crackers. They're like nature's, they're called nature's best or something like those crispy wheat crackers that are so good. That's a but better also, choice than a Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. Or jalapeno chips. Yeah. yeah, I also eat walnuts. Mm, that's our brain so food. Like, that's, yeah, they're good for you. If yeah. Clinton had gone first, we would have had different answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> kale chips. <laughs> Carrot sticks. I don't know. Just Water. some cottage cheese. Uh, what do you do most often to procrastinate? YouTube. YouTube? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Don't She's say you not, don't procrastinate. You know no, that Lo is not a procrastinator. Lo, not. Oh, no, she is oh, not. Just sit down and do your work. Lo has a PhD. There's a reason why Lo has a PhD and I do not. That is how our like. <laughs> I didn't know there was such a thing as non-procrastination. No, she's yeah. not. I've never met anybody. <laughs> she's the most high-functioning person. I think I, I I will get distracted by social media. Okay. Yes. I'll yeah. take that. I will um, clean everything like I need to make sure that like everything in my apartment is completely tidy mm -hmm. or else if I'm sitting there trying to write at the kitchen table and I see that there's a pillow not fluffed the right way then I'll, I'll get up so I need I can't there can't be any excuses that's more like it you know what that's I mean? the type of procrastination I was I definitely for. don't yeah. have that I'm like taking stuff out of the fridge wiping the yeah, I wipe down all the surfaces. Yeah. yeah, lift up all the um, mm -hmm. keys and wipe I under them. I wish I was like a procrastinator like that. My house would be so much cleaner. Yeah, but then you like, get your work done. <laughs> yeah. That does You'd not happen. You'd be on like, book number two right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, what is your dream project, guys? Mm. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be a book. We uh, like we love writing screen screenplays. So oh, yeah? I'm really hoping that one of ours does something yeah we just finished the pilot for the beautiful bastards tv show and that was really fun yeah. so if we could keep doing that too because we love i love that section in your book oh yeah, yeah. i actually saved that for last i saw <laughs> it i was like oh, i'm coming back to this <laughs> i'll know today at 2 30 whether i have a uh, script deal with uh with abc <gasps> oh my gosh oh my now gosh. i'm so nervous yeah. i'm excited i'm excited i'm gonna I go throw some happen. pennies yeah in the yeah, yeah. So, yeah abc so. we want it is yeah. that your dream project that's my dream project okay yeah. that's a good one. that's a real one yeah um what have you learned from failure. Ooh, I love that. I bet you do. I love that because so when I was in graduate school, I was I went to graduate school for science and most science in research is failure. You mm, fail mm -hmm. most yeah. of the time. Yeah. And I think it was such a good lesson for me that you just have to keep working. Like, you know, first drafts are going to suck. A lot of mm -hmm. times our first drafts are just so terrible. We don't even want to send them to our editor, but we know it's going to get better. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's maybe why I don't flail so much when something's not going well is because I know like, well, it's sometimes not going to go well. Right. Yeah. Um, I, uh, especially with writing, often don't know how to do something the right way until I do it the wrong way. Hmm. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I learned, I had a few failures uh, last year. Um, and I learned that, you know, it's going to, if you don't, put 100% of yourself into a project, it's probably going to fail. Like you've got to, you've got to like just give it your all. You can't half-ass things yep. yes. and expect true. them to, to succeed. On their own. Yep. Yeah. Um, what do you hope your creative legacy will be? This is my favorite. What do I hope it will be or yeah. what do I think it will Ho be? Hope it will be. This is a <laughs> hopeful I question. I think it will be, oh, I'm wearing a structure jacket and, <laughs> and ballet flats. <laughs> <laughs> 
What do I hope it will be? I hope it will be, I hope that I, I just want to make people smile a little bit. That's really all. It's mm-hmm. not some big legacy. I want people to say, you know what, I read his book and it really made me laugh and it made me think about um, some of the relationships I have in my life and that's all I really want to yeah. be honest with you. I don't want to make a big impact. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I think ours is probably pretty similar that yeah. one of the things we say about our books is that if we can just give people an escape mm-hmm. for you know, a, a couple hours and they tell us like, oh, this terrible thing is happening at home and I was able to forget about it for a few hours and we feel like we've done our job. Yeah. I think that's a wonderful creative legacy. Yeah. Um, and last, in a softball. What is your favorite romantic book or movie? Oh, maybe not a softball. Everybody just that's, took big it's breaths. It's really hard actually. It I is think. hard. Um, it's non-legally binding. <laughs> well, it's like it's like it's things kind of come in and out of your life, and you're like drawn to something a little in more the moment. at some time. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love that scene in Jane Eyre when like oh. he professes his love for her yeah. finally, and you know the, the lightning strikes the tree. I cried on the subway and, um, <laughs> in Chicago when I read that for the first oh. time. I'm like literally like on that's such a sweet <laughs> on the one. L like Woo. Jane Eyre is a great one. It's Have you seen one. the Michael Fassbender? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Very well done. I will we, say. I read Jane Eyre in high school and I was like, <laughs> and then I oh, read it as an adult and I was like, oh my god. Oh, sorry, I keep hitting that. It's like, oh my god, this is the most amazing thing ever. And I was, I had such a book hangover from it. That's why I started writing fan fiction. Oh really? <laughs> wow. Oh, really? That's a funny connection. Yeah. I love Jane Eyre. I've read it like seven times. I'm gonna write a gay Jane, gay modern, gay modern gay Jane Eyre. I will read Should that. I, yeah. Yes. 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 Everybody just threw their hands in the air. We all were like excited. wide-eyed hands yeah. in the air. We were like, we will beta read it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pre-order. Yeah. Um, my daughter is 16 and she is not a swooner at all. Mm-hmm. And so one of my favorite things in the world is when her favorite movie is um, Sense and Sensibility. Oh, good choice. And um, she loves Colonel Brandon. <laughs> and so um, the the moment where he's reading to her and mm. you like, it's like that moment for my daughter because I see her sort of just like, like oh. you know, her breath her catches. Little heart. And then and then um, the proposal that comes when they're like, you know, he's on his knee. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know. I watched so. that on the plane here. And I'm like on the plane like crying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's all business when they're like Yeah. <laughs> Women. 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 <laughs> so emotional. Oh god. Well then I'm gonna give you all homework if you haven't watched Far From the Madding Crowd. Since we're all going oh. in a historical direction. Have okay. you seen it? No. Oh, it is unreal, you guys. I feel like we talked what? about this last Wait, time I on. saw you. Maybe I think I it's super it. feminist and it's historical. And she, it's um, Carrie. Uh, she's got a nice little face. Nice. I don't know her name. She got a nice, nice little face, face on her. You know, Carrie. Uh, Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> yeah, Carrie Mulligan. Well, I just watched it. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? No. Oh, we're going to have to discuss that. All right, well, let's discuss. Maybe we'll save it. Again. But thank you guys all for joining us on the podcast. This is so exciting to thank have you. three faves in the room. Thank this was you, so Kate. awesome. Thank you. Yeah. It's really good to be here. Looking forward to reading your book. And writing a romance. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> just the gay Jane Eyre. Don't worry about it. We're no really pressure. good at co authoring. And I think that's it. Visit XOXO after Darkcast. Uh, or xoxoafterdark.com if you want more information and uh, of course all these books are available for sale so pick one up and join our love fest